Well, hello, my wonderful friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day today. And as these things are starting to pop up, I was gone over the weekend, was dealing with some family stuff and uh, keeping everybody healthy and strong. I've kind of had my eyes on a couple different articles, and Ted did an awesome show yesterday for you guys. And I saw some stuff this morning that I was researching that was really starting to kind of raise my eyebrows, so to speak, on what we're really being told when it comes to the overall health of the country and what they're trying to do as far as manipulating how people perceive what's going on. I saw now over in Europe, they're now claiming that we have this new mutant strain of COVID in the UK called COVID-XE, and basically it's some type of mixture and mutation between a recumbent strain of BA1 and BA2 Omicron substrains. The issue that I've read about this and a lot of other problems I think are going to continue to occur is I've read two, two different doctors. I've looked at their research, and they claimed that this was going to happen like over a year ago. And they said what happens is when you start doing RNA gene therapy, the research that they're now looking at is that you're going to have continual mutated strains of a virus because not only are you trying to vaccinate, so to speak, for an upper respiratory virus, which you really can't do. There's been numerous attempts to do so. They've all failed. You're now doing experimental brand new RNA gene therapy, which has a host of other side effects that nobody really even understands is going to occur over the years. And that's what happens is with the RNA, because it's making people become spike protein manufacturing sites, you start having different types of strains that can mutate in certain people that can also become contagious to other people. This is what we talked about when you started seeing people that got the shot and then healthy individuals that were around them were getting sick, even though the people that had gotten the shot were not showing any type of symptoms after they got the shot or maybe something mild from the shot side effect, but no real COVID symptoms. This is what's starting to occur now, it seems like, on a rapid level. Now, the good thing is, as we have continually seen, natural solutions like intravenous vitamin C and the healthy immune kit like the vitamin C with the D3 and the zinc and quercetin have all done really, really good jobs with pretty much every single customer and friend and family that I've worked with, including myself and my own family, on these kits. But what I think they're going to continue to try to keep doing is I – mean, I told you guys a couple months ago, and then the Ukraine thing started to cover up the FDA and the Pfizer collusion in the massive cover-up of how deadly the clinical trials were showing the Pfizer shot to be with over 1,200 deaths just in the three-month clinical trial they had. I told you guys there's high probability what they're going to do is they're going to use this Ukraine to cover it up, and then what's going to happen is when they need COVID to come back – and actually start pushing it again and pushing the narrative, they're going to start pushing it again so they can change up the narrative because, you know, of course, everybody has to support the current thing, and that's exactly what we're starting to see right now. And I was looking at what they're talking about in the U.K., and they're saying, oh, it's more contagious than Omicron and this and that. First off, if you've already gotten it, they've said numerous times, you've got the natural immunity for the most part and keep your immune system strong as best you can. And stop getting these shots because here's the irony about this. If anybody actually thought that these shots were actually working, why in the world have a lot of people now gotten four total vaccines in not much less than, what, a year, a little over a year maybe? 
and yet allegedly we're having all these cases constantly keep popping up. Obviously, the shot is a complete and total epic failure of all proportions. Just putting that aside, even if you're just looking at it from actually preventing COVID, this is a complete and total failure. I've never seen this this poor of a job of any type of shot considering how much they keep bringing COVID up in the narrative. And now I saw another article this morning that's talking about there's over – there's 425 different COVID-19 tests now that have been released for people to test for COVID. Not one of them has actually been fully approved. Every single one of the 425 are emergency use authorization only. Which means that test has been out now right at almost two years for the original PCR test. And not one single one has actually been approved. They are all emergency use authorization. That right there should give you a real heads up that this entire thing with the COVID test was a lie from the very beginning. Because if they can go and give alleged approval to the Pfizer shot in less than a year – because they went and changed the name to Comernia, Comernity, Comernia, whatever it was, which is a shot that's not even available in the United States, and approved that, and didn't even approve the current biotech one that's out, but yet they can't take two years to approve a COVID test? Well, it's very clear, because we talked about it in detail when it first happened. The COVID test wasn't designed to actually test for COVID. The PCR COVID test was designed to pick up pretty much any viral particle. That's why they can turn the cycle rate up on it and literally find something if they dig down deep enough. This is why even the FDA even admitted last year that they were basically not approving multiple PCR tests because it couldn't differentiate between COVID and the flu. This entire thing has been a drummed-up narrative to keep people scared and compliant with what's going on in order to bring in this new world, I guess, that they want people to be terrified in. I was in Orlando last weekend, and I was shocked to see there were people still wearing masks in Central Florida. And now I saw an article, some hardcore leftist article, somebody sent me a screenshot of it, and they're now saying that, the sixth wave of COVID that's coming right now, it's all because the mask mandates were lifted and you guys decided not to wear masks anymore. And I'm sitting there going, are you joking me right now? Are, are we are we really going to keep beating this dead horse that we've already proved is complete and total lie? If the mask works so well, then why are people still getting sick when they were wearing masks? If the shots worked so well, why were people still spreading and catching COVID allegedly when they got the shot? The natural people with natural immunity that keep their immune system strong and hammer the vitamin C with antioxidants and eat clean and stay off the sugar and keep getting, you know, taking care of their bodies. Imagine that. They all randomly keep staying healthy for the most part and not getting COVID over and over and over again like we're seeing with a lot of the individuals who have been triple and quadruple injected now, I guess you could say. And it's interesting to me how so many people – are still buying into the lie all the way from Ukraine to Russia, all the way to COVID and so forth. Something that should be getting everybody's attention but has gotten zero coverage, and I saw it on Zero Hedge this morning. And the more I thought about it, the more it kind of clicked in my head of very troubling. I talked about it briefly, and it talks about the seized Russian yachts are creating serious headaches for marinas as unpaid bills pile up. That's the title of the article. And it's talking about how some of these yachts, some of them – three and four hundred feet long that have been seized by various countries in Europe now because they allegedly owned to they were you know owned by a Russian 
are now saying the marinas don't know who to bill. And they're saying, well, maybe the owners need to be responsible. So the owners have to pay for the marina docking bills on the yachts that they had stolen from them illegally. Okay, I don't know how that's supposed to work out. And what's interesting about this, they're now saying that there have been over 13 super yachts seized in the last five weeks. One of them, owned by Alisher Yumosvo, Russian billionaire, is 512 feet long and is worth as 605 million dollars it's 500 foot yachts I mean, that's, that, football fields 300 feet guys put that in comparison it's almost two football fields long these are massive 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 pieces of equipment i mean i think they're pretty cool i'm not gonna lie i mean a 500 foot mega yacht super yacht is pretty cool i mean i've never i've never really seen one of those in person before i've looked at the photos but i gotta admit they probably gotta be pretty cool to ride in but here's the troubling part, all jokes aside. Are we now actually going in and encouraging and not only encouraging, embracing the fact that it's okay to go and seize vehicles, boats from people because they're in another country and we've allowed a country like the United States to start putting sanctions on individuals and we just start seizing their stuff? We're going to start seizing their airplanes next, their jets? I'm asking a question. I've already heard numerous properties have been seized in different countries. Well, what what happens, you know, if somebody puts sanctions on the United States or the United States decides to put their own sanctions on U.S. citizens? Are they going to they're going to go in and start seizing your car? They're going to seize your boat? They're going to seize your house because you're doing something that they don't approve of? This is a very, very fine line of complete and total tyranny that's not very difficult to see right through the smoke and mirrors. When you start allowing and you start encouraging governments to just arbitrarily say, we don't like you because we don't like your country and we don't like what your military is doing, we're going to start seizing your stuff. And one crazy part about it, I read one of the articles, they were saying that a lot of these yachts are always kind of kept in trust and so forth, basically to keep them safe. And they were saying now that they're having a hard time distinguishing the ownership because it's so opaque. Authorities had to lie on one yacht to seize on two unidentified employees of a company providing services for fuel to the vessel named Tango to confirm if it was actual true ownership of one of these guys, Russian billionaire Victor Vesselberg. So we're just arbitrarily saying, well, we had we had a unanimous person tell us that it was his yacht, so we're taking his $400 million yacht now. We're seizing it. Well, like they're saying, these marinas are going to start getting pretty irritated soon. I don't know what the cost is, but I'm sure storing a 500-foot yacht at a, basically a marina is not going to be cheap whatsoever considering how much real estate that takes up in a marina. So just throwing that out there and something for you guys to think about and kind of give you a different idea and perspective on it when you start hearing the support the current thing BS mantra again about how we're supposed to just support every single thing the U.S. says and blindly accept the narrative, start asking yourself questions. Is it okay to start seizing people's assets in different countries? Is it okay for the United States to start seizing our assets arbitrarily because it doesn't like what we say or do? Because this is a very, very slippery slope that's starting to go down, and the fact that people I've seen are actually embracing it and getting excited about it, yeah, yeah, steal some more of those Russian yachts. I'm like, guys, you really understand what you're saying right here? Just thought I would throw that out there, Dad. What do you think this morning? Well, a few years ago, I was uh, actually, uh, I guess, 
you know, blessed enough to go down to the Miami Yacht Show. And I had a friend of mine who was a salesperson down there, and, and they let us on some of the mega yachts. And the biggest one we got on was like 250 feet, I think it was. And it was monstrous. And then I started talking to the basically the captain about the operating expenses of this boat. I thought, this thing's huge. And he says, what they try to do, they've got a place up northeast someplace, and they actually try to put it into dry dock. He says the salt water is so corrosive to it, they have to try to keep it out of the water because of the damage being done to it. And then in the dock they put it, it's actually covered. So, I mean, it's like a boathouse for this giant yacht. I mean, I'd love to see one of those. And he basically said just to maintain the lodge, the yacht, not to use it, not to use it, not to do anything to it was a million dollars a year. And I told him, I said, that's just insanity. He goes, yeah, he's right. He says, These guys just have so much money. And then the biggest problem is if they don't get maintained, they start to basically uh, they dry rot on the wood. The, uh, the they get corroded if they're not using the right material. They've got to be washed all the time to get the salt spray off of them. Uh, it takes a full crew just to maintain one of these boats. And now they're finding out that when they seize the boat, which I see also call asset forfeiture, which we know all about that in the United States, we're already doing that to people here in the U.S. Uh, you end up basically in a situation where now it's going to cost you more. To maintain this boat, then you're probably going to want to spend on it. And if you don't maintain it, the value of that boat's going to really drop through the floor. It's the same thing with airplanes. You know, if you buy an airplane that's been flown in and out of, you know, the Key West area or been stored down in Key West or stored in a coastal community where you have saltwater spray get to it, a lot of the connectors, connectors get corroded. You know, you think, well, it shouldn't happen if they're running stainless steel or whatever or aluminum. No, 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 no. I had years ago, I had a set of gutters here in the house. And they're in the front of the house, and and all of a sudden the gutters started leaking like they were a sieve. There's like hundreds of little pinholes in them. These were aluminum, big, thick gutters, and they've been up for about ten or fifteen years. And I finally began to realize that when you spray us with chemtrails and you have electrolysis, you know, with the aluminum and the barium with another metal, it causes erosion in that metal or corrosion. And what ended up happening? I had to have all those gutters torn back off and have them replaced. The same thing happens with airplanes when they're out in the water or close to the water, and the same thing happens to, you know, with yachts. And so you're very, you're right, Austin. It's very, very expensive to maintain these boats. But remember, these Russian oligarchs that came together at the fall of the Soviet Union and started seizing up assets. They're all part of that Kabbalist international banking cartel. There's all, they're all front people. They have like unlimited amounts of money, so they really don't care. But you are also right in that they put these things into trusts and into, into foundations in which you don't really know who the owners are. And you, see, you, have to, you have to go through multiple, multiple layers of companies. And in reality, in many cases, the foundation or the trust owns the boat, and the person who actually controls the boat isn't even on the paperwork. There's an attorney who basically is the trustee, and they manage the boat. But they don't have the owners listed anywhere as a recipient or even a person who's going to get the boat if something happens. They don't want the liability exposure. They don't want to have people know what kind of stuff and what kind of assets they have. So it becomes a very slippery slope when you start just taking people's stuff because you want to. I mean, it really is. And, and also we need to also realize that, you know, you know, this asset forfeiture is absolutely awful what they're doing. It really is. And when you start seizing these big boats, you have to maintain the boats. I remember a few years ago, Austin and I, we went to St. Petersburg with Sharon, St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Russia, and we were on a cruise ship, and the boat, actually, the ship actually went through the Kakistan Naval Base, Austin was with me, and all these Russian boats and frigates and all these other boats that were there from the Soviet Union, they were sitting at their moors, rusted and sunk, they were sunk in the water, and they basically were just rusted hulks. 
And th- that's what happens with these boats if you don't maintain the paint, et cetera. I mean, when you're in the Navy, one thing you learn very quickly is you're constantly painting the ship. You're constantly maintaining the ship. You're constantly swabbing the decks. You've got to do this. I remember years ago when they had refurbished the USS Iowa, and they used it in the Gulf War. It's, the, it's a battleship from World War II. Uh, George Bush Sr. finally just retired it because he said that it cost so many hundreds of millions of dollars a year to maintain this ship, and it really was kind of an antique. And so they put it into a museum where it belonged, though I still really like battleships and the power they bring to a battlefield, especially in the coastal areas, is just literally unprecedented. It really is. Uh, but the reality is is that this stuff is all very, very expensive to maintain. Now, this thing with the viral shedding that Austin was talking about earlier, about how these people get, who get around the other folks who basically are basically you know infected or have been injected, you know, new Pfizer documents are coming out now, and they're saying that, you know, you've got to be really careful. They're actually releasing this if you're around somebody who's been injected because you can start coming down with all kinds of side effects from this, from the viral shedding, from the injection that they received. Now, you think about that for a second. We covered that information a year ago, and it's finally starting to come out now into the general, you know, news sites. So I, fi- I find that very, very interesting. Now, another thing I want to talk to you about is senile dementia. Now, this is really, really important because, you know, the biggest problem we have right now with older people is Alzheimer's and senile dementia, not to mention heart disease and cancer. And, of course, they take the the vaccines. They have all kinds of horrible side effects. And if you put them on remdesivir, they die quickly. But nearly half of the seniors are dying now with dementia diagnoses. In other words, they're basically – their brains are gone. You know, this is significantly up from the early 2000s. A number of people living with dementia may be higher than anyone thinks, according to a new study. Researchers from the University of Michigan have discovered that nearly half of all older adults now die with a diagnosis for dementia on their medical records. Just two decades ago, that number was only 35 percent, but that's over 50 percent. According to the Alzheimer's Association, roughly one in nine Americans, about 11 percent over the age of 65, has Alzheimer's, the most common form of dementia. However, the new report reveals that 47 percent of seniors die while dealing with some sort of some sort of memory robbing disease. Now, I'm going to say one thing about this. This is important. A lot of the drugs and a lot of the medications that the seniors are put on in the nursing homes cause this. Just a, just a fact. There are all kinds of drugs. There's over 50 different prescription drugs that cause problems with memory and cause increased risks of senile dementia. So be very, very careful if you or a loved one is being told they have to take a certain drug to look at the side effects. As with any drug, they have side effects, and make sure you look at the fact that they don't have dementia. One of the drugs my mother was put on, and I was not her primary care person. I couldn't do anything with her. Somebody else had power of attorney over her. She was put on all kinds of cocktail of prescription drugs. And before she died in the nursing home, that she was in there for six years, by the way. She should never have even been put into a nursing home, but I didn't have any choice on that either. She didn't even know who I was. She thought I was my older half-brother, and I walked into the nursing home one time, and she called me his name. And I thought, whoa, that's really weird because I don't even look like him. Did not know who I was. Then I told her who I was, and she remembered me. But you guys know you've had elderly parents, but she was not like that when she went in at all. She was totally mentally, mentally acute, but the drugs they put her on caused a lot of that because they all had so many bad side effects. Now, one thing I also want to talk about this morning is the importance of omega-3 supplements as far as 
increasing memory, increasing brain function. That's so important. And I also want to talk about magnesium brain food because one of the other things that we're being and having to deal with constantly, as I mentioned earlier, is the bombardment from chemtrails and aluminum that's being pulled into our oil faction system and being deposited in our brains, which increase the risks of Alzheimer's. It's really important that you take the magnesium brain food. I've talked to you guys about that over and over and over again. I was starting to have, how would you say this, uh, brain fog. And I started taking the magnesium brain food, and it cleared up almost immediately. It's one of our best sellers, and it's one of the best products you can get for that because it will pass right through the blood-brain barrier. But taking omega-3 supplements also boosts cancer treatment's ability to cure disease. This is a new article that just came out from Philadelphia. It says taking fish oil pills, which contain omega-3 fatty acids, could help immune therapy drugs cure cancer, a new study reveals. Researchers found omega-3 supplements boost the ability of the body to attack tumors. Wow, think about that for a second. Think about all the different things we've talked about with the antioxidants, with the fish oil, with the vitamin C, the D3K2, all of them. Now, some other studies are coming out now saying that the coronavirus, the original coronavirus, actually had some type of snake venom incorporated into it from a DNA standpoint, and that zinc was so important to block, to block the effects of the snake venom. More and more research is coming out on that now as we speak. Snake venom? I mean, who, what, what kind of sicko sits around in a laboratory and takes snake venom and tries to incorporate it into some type of aerosol disease that can be transmitted to people through breathing? I mean, this is insane what they did with that gain-of-function research in Wuhan, or was it Ukraine, or was it Fort Detrick, or was it all of them? <laughs> you know, when we think about this stuff, it kind of just is mind-boggling because then we finally start to realize – how evil the world has started to get and how evil the world has become. And I, I want to talk about that just for once, for, for about five minutes. I really want to talk about what's happened and why this has become this in the United States. You know, back in the 1920s in Berlin, in the cabarets that were in Berlin, they were basically giant sex clubs. This is what they were. And they're, they're still there. And there's one called the Kit Kat Club that Elon Musk went to the other night. Thought I'd mention that about Elon Musk. He traveled and did all of these skanky clubs in Berlin. These clubs have people <laughs> openly having sex in the middle of the club. I mean, it's just it's all legal over there in Germany. I mean, there's no there's no shame. They're just they're just they're complete and total perverts. I mean, I hate to speak about the people that my you know DNA is from, but these guys are a bunch of weirdos. The people that go to these clubs. It's a giant clubbing town of perverts is what it is. And pretty much these brothels, which they basically turned into, you know, sex with pretty much everything is legal. And that's the same thing they were doing in the cabarets. In Germany, in the days of, you know, the 1920s, here's an interesting article. <laughs> Life inside the <laughs> I, I, hang on a second. I pulled up the wrong one. But but what, but what it's talking, what we did is I pulled up an article that talked about what was going on in the cabarets with the homosexual community and what was happening with these guys before Hitler came in. And now Hitler, they say, ruined the homosexual clubs in Berlin. They were having open lesbian, homosexual, all of this stuff, all part of the cabarets, and Hitler ruined it. Now, you got to understand that all of this stuff is coming to us from the Kabbalist Luciferian sect. They're the group that have been involved in this and have been involved in this for a very, very, very long time. Now, I'm going to give you some background real quick. I talked to Dr. Pastor John Terrell yesterday uh, via text and email, 
And I sent him an article that I pulled up, and it talked about basically 1666 of the Sabbatean roots of the New World Order. And he said it's identical to stuff that he's written, and he was saying that it's pretty much directly on point. So I'm going to read you part of this. The false Messiah of 1666. In 1666, Sabbatean Zevi declared himself to be the Messiah. More than half of the world's Jewish population in the 17th century came to accept and follow him as their Messiah. Sabbatean Zevi, who proclaimed salvation through sin – was condemned as a heretic by many contemporary rabbis of many Jews. They did not everybody follow this guy because he's a nutbag. Here's 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 what it says in Matthew 24 to 23 to 24. Then if anyone says to you, behold, there is a Christ, or there he is, or do not believe him, for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Take heed to no one deceives you, Matthew 24, 4. For many will come in my name and saying that I am the Christ and will mislead many, Matthew 24, 5. And what Sabatine Zevi, who was born August the 1st in 1626, he basically, this is where Tur- he was born in Turkey, where Turkey is now. He was a Sephardic Jew, and he, ordained a, he was ordained as a rabbi in, in, in Turkey. And Sabatine Zevi was active throughout the Ottoman and Turkish Empire. He basically became, he, he basically thought that redemption through sin was enthusiastically received by many because he was a Kabbalist. He was a Luciferian, and he felt the only way he could create the ability of the end time and Lucifer to come back and be resurrected, the snake god, that they would have to invert Christianity and invert Judaism and invert the teachings of God. Fast days became days of feasting, sexual promiscuity, adultery, incest, and orgies. The same thing you see right now in Berlin, have seen in Berlin for the past hundred years. He taught that every law was to be broken. Sounds like Aleister Crowley. Religious taboos such as against eating of pork and every form of sexual immorality was not only permitted but encouraged. He was an eccentric mystic, some people called him, uh, because he basically went out and told everybody how to basically sin. The Kabbalah promoted the occultic deeper meaning for Jewish mysticism, drawing from ancient Babylonian occultism and numerology from the writing of the Zohar. The occultic power dates of numbers, they talked about that. I'm not going to go into detail with that. That's the sound of that. We've talked about that. It's called gematria. He basically had uh, – he said they said he was a maniac with depressive psychosis, but no, he wasn't. He was basically probably demon-possessed. So he basically soon realized that he was being basically put up as the Messiah, which he basically embraced, and he had phenomenal growth. He had over like a million people who were following him. Finally, however, after he basically was publicly proclaimed, the next year the temple – okay, I got to slow down. I'm trying to cover too much material too fast. He was said, "Your head." They were. T- they told him, "Your head or the turban, the turban," which means he had. They had. For they forced him to convert to Islam. And here's why it happened. After Sabbate publicly proclaimed that the next year the temple in Jerusalem would be rebuilt, the Sultan was galvanized into action, fearing a revolt that would lead to his providence declaring independence from the Ottoman Empire. The Sultan confronted Sabbate Zivi with the choice of either publicly converting to Islam or being beheaded. So basically, that's what was happened. That's why he converted. He, again, he wanted the temple to rebuild. Why? Because they wanted to rebuild the temple so they could have their antichrist, like it says in the book of Thessalonians, stand out and declare himself basically God. Well, he converted to Islam. Well, then what ended up happening is a hundred years later, they brought in Jacob Frank. Now, you know, Jacob Frank is just absolutely awful. You know, he, he was he was even worse than Sabatay and Zivi. And, you know, and we've got to understand this stuff, guys. This is the group that then brought the Rothschild banking cartel 
into this satanic cult. And this satanic cult basically are the ones who have been taking over the planet through their international banking cartels for the past 200 years, 250 years. And see, you have to understand all of this stuff because it was through concealment and through deception. And it was basically this revolution they tried to create. Now, what most people don't realize is that they basically wanted to establish a new world order. And here's, here's what it said. Sabbatine believers teach that they are the champions of a new world order, which will be established by overthrowing the values of all other religions and kingdoms. They teach the holiness of sin. What? 50 to 100 years after the death of Zevi, Jacob Frank was born. Jerry Rabot in his book, The Untold Story of 50 Jewish Messiahs, reported that Jacob Frank believed that he was the reincarnation of Sabbatine Zevi. What was once forbidden was now commanded. It was the therapy, basically, of debauchery. It was domination through infiltration, purification through transgression. It was all about apostasy and debauchery. Jacob Frank then converted to both Islam and Catholicism. He held annual spring lamb festivals, which consisted of drug use, sacrifice, nudity, the exchanges of spouses and daughters for immoral religious sex. Kind of sounds like Bohemian Grove, doesn't it? Frank preached the true Jewish believers were to cross every boundary, transgress every taboo, and to mix the sacred with the profane. I mean, this is sick. They had influential recruits. He had approximately 50,000 disciples, a lot smaller than Sabbatine Zevi, but he also brought in the richest bankers on the earth. The most terrifying in the corrupt work, Gershom Sloan describes Jack of Frank as one of the most frightening phenomena in the whole of Jewish history, a religious leader who, for whether purely selfish motives or otherwise, in all his actions, a truly corrupt and degenerate individual. So Jack of Frank taught that one has to free oneself from all laws, conventions, and religions. The alienation of every religion was underway. I mean, this is absolutely crazy what they did. And then here's the Illuminati and Rothschild connections. In his classic book, To Eliminate the Opiate, Rabbi Martin Edelman revealed that Jacob Frank got his financing from the Rothschild Financial Empire based in Frankfurt, and worldwide influenced by his alliance with Adam Weishaupt, the founder of the Illuminati. This is how it all ties together right now, guys. When Jacob Frank entered Frankfurt, an alliance was already begun between Meyer Ramsdell Al Rothschild, the immensely wealthy banker of Frankfurt, and Adam Weishaupt, who was the son of a Jewish Kabbalist. There's your Kabbalah again. Rabbi in Bavaria, educated by Jesuits, Weishaupt became a Roman Catholic priest and then formed an alliance with Rothschild. The launch of the Illuminati New Age started here. On May the 1st, 1776, Weishaupt chose the timing of the launching of the Illuminati in accordance with Sabbatine Kabbalah's teachings. He chose the first day of May because May, the fifth month added to the first day, that gives all this numerology, increases the amount of cultic Kabbalah's powers. They believe this because it is four by multiplying three by nine, but I'm not going to go into that stuff with them, with you guys. The revolutionary goals, Adam Weishaupt, Meyer Rothschild, and Jacob Frank, launched the Illuminati on May the 1st, 1776, with the long-term goals of, number one, abolition of all monarchies and governments, number two, abolition of private property and inheritances, number three, abolition of nationalism, number four, abolition of family and the institution of marriage, number five, abolition of all religion, of course, except their own, we're speaking of the snake god, and number six, the establishment of compulsory communal education for all children. Anyone who's ever read Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto of 1848 will immediately recognize the Illuminati agenda clearly articulated. You know, look at the Jeffrey Epstein connection. In many ways, Jeffrey Epstein epitomizes the Sabbatean religion. 
the weird cubic temple with Islamic-type dome on Jeffrey Espy's sex orgy island, which reportedly led down to an underground chamber, which has been described as a sex dungeon and a Luciferian temple. The building is painted with blue and white stripes, the same colors as the flag of the state of Israel, because he was a dual Israeli citizen. And Jeffrey Epstein certainly seemed to epitomize the Sabbatine philosophy of unrestrained, unrestrained sexual debauchery and deception. And look at Harvey Weinstein. So did Harvey Weinstein, another Kabbalist, sexual predator and rapist, and many of his highly influential friends, which include world leaders. Once you understand who these people are and what they do and what they believe, you realize where it all came from and how they control everything through controlling the narrative on both sides to create apparent opposites so they can move the people's values and the people's opinions any direction they want by holding the earth by its axis and literally turning it any which way they want. Those are the words of Otto Kant, another Sabbatian Kabbalist, Luciferian, Frankist, Satanist. And remember who these guys are. And always remember, they're the ones that are orchestrating world events. That's why they hate Jesus. Because Jesus reset the fractal timeline with his death, burial, and resurrection, and that he sits at the right hand of God Almighty. And they know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. They're the same ones who set up the cabarets, the filthy mess in Germany, hundred years ago. They're one of the same ones that the Third Reich went after because they didn't want to be involved with all this filthy degeneracy. Remember, when they burned the books in Germany in the 30s, it was all primarily Kabbalist literature and pornography. People need to remember that. It, they, they weren't burning really good books like, you know, uh, you know, wh whatever we have current today that's a good book. I'm not even going to start giving you good books and what I like. They weren't burning stuff like that. They were basically going in and burning the filth. Always remember that. And that's one of the reasons that Germany was utterly and completely bombed into rubble after 1938, when 1938, when they decided to get rid of the, you know, government, the, the, the central bank controlled by the Rothschild banking cartel and stood against the international banks, against the world, basically. And now they've been destroyed. And now they're having food shortages like we talked about yesterday. They can't buy oats and all kinds of other staples. Their gas prices have gone through the roof. Their propane prices have gone through the roof. Natural gas has gone through the roof. Diesel has gone through the roof. All of it because Germany is always going to be targeted because they absolutely hate the German DNA because it stood against all of this stuff. So, guys, listen to me. It's really important. When you talk to your friends, tell them the truth about who runs the planet, that it's a Luciferian, how should I say, elite, elect, weirdo group of lowlife is what they are that run the banking systems and who go to these crazy wild parties like it showed on Eyes Wide Shut. And this is the group that runs the planet, the guys who go to the Bohemian Grove. This is what happens when you get behind the scenes with these guys. This is what you see. Remember I told you, man, I went to that one party in San Diego and walked out. They were walking around in nuns', nuns outfits and priests' outfits with genitalia exposed. Oh, yeah. They were having open sex, open orgies, and he just walked in, walked out, and he was threatened the day after that. He's talked about that on our show. But this is the group of perverts like Jeffrey Epstein that run the world behind the scenes through blackmail and extortion. And if we understand that, it starts to make sense. Look what Disney just did. A hundred years of trying to have a certain image with Disney and family, they've completely destroyed themselves. Within a week to two, <laughs> it's just, I've never seen anything like this because they wanted to groom young children to become homosexuals. Unbelievable. They allow themselves to be overtaken by the homosexual lobby that pretty much now controls Disney World. 
Guys, it's so important that we understand that when we keep our hearts and minds in Christ, that we've got to look to Jesus. He's the answer. He's the perfecter of our faith. And when all these weirdos get around you, and you've been around people like this before, I know you have. You get around them, and they start talking bad stuff, and you start listening to them. You start thinking, gosh, I feel like I need to go take a shower with Lysope. This guy's sick. This woman's sick. These people are sexual predators. They're weirdos. We've all run into them. We've all seen them. Stay away from people like that. Think on the good things. Think on Jesus. Pray on a regular basis. Do what God wants you to do. Follow the word of God. Follow the New Testament. Follow the book of John. Follow the teachings of Jesus. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. It'll change everything in your life. But I want to give you a background a little bit more today about 17 ZV and how he tied in with this group and how he got tied in with the Illuminati. I never really went into detail on that before, and I wanted to do that today. Austin, what are you thinking? What's your next story, bud? Well, you made a very valid point there as far as that Disney has always tried to at least portray this family value, family, you know, basically company, you know, of entertainment and fantasy. They, that's For the most part, they've tried to portray it. Now, they've done it a lot, no. Obviously, if you dig down deep enough, you find a whole lot of weird stuff behind the scenes. But that's been what they've wanted to be perceived as. And you made a really good point that they're blatantly showing us now they don't care anything about marriage and family. They don't care anything about a husband and wife. They don't care anything about Christian values or biblical values. And they sure as heck don't care about protecting children's innocence, which has been what the one thing they've always kind of acted like. Oh, the fantasy world, Magic Kingdom, you can come here and have fun with the kids. They're blatantly saying now, we are going to target your children with this agenda. We are going to promote this transgenderism ideology to your children. We're going to do it. We're going to do it aggressively. That's right. So, again, I've been so glad. I've seen so many uh, screenshots. I've had friends send me stuff. Lana sent me stuff. Sharon sent me stuff. St. Brower of people making comments and saying basically they're done. They're canceling Disney Plus. They're not renewing their annual passes once they expire. They're done. And, you know, I really, really hope. I really hope and pray that this gets a lot of parents' attention to stop supporting companies that are blatantly, blatantly trying to corrupt and pollute your young children. Because truth be told, if you know a company is doing this and you intentionally keep giving them thousands and thousands to tens of thousands of dollars in annual passes and doing this stuff and going to their movies, you blatantly keep doing that, then you pretty much are directly funding the perversion and targeting of your children. You're funding it. Now, people go, well, you know, it's different because no, it's not. It's really not. If you know for a fact that the company is engaged in this, this isn't a conspiracy anymore. This isn't a kind of idea, theory. Oh, I think Disney's up to this. They're blatantly telling you what they're going to do with their films. They're blatantly telling you what they're going to promote and what their agenda is. They're not even hiding it anymore. It was the same way when Starbucks came out and they said, hey, guess what? If you're pro-gun and you're pro-Second Amendment and you like to carry a firearm legally, doesn't even matter what it is, you can take your business somewhere else. That's In a nutshell, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. That's what the CEO said. And I said, wow. And I've never been a Starbucks supporter. I think they're massively overpriced. All they do is put a bunch of sugar syrup in all their coffee. But I thought, well, so if I'm giving money and I'm paying money to a company and I'm going to buy their horrible coffee, I'm blatantly supporting anti-Second Amendment rhetoric. Yeah, you are blatantly supporting it. And when you see things that happen, like this incident in Sacramento outside of this nightclub 
over there in, I mean, in area that already had riddled with crime, and you end up having multiple people basically getting a gunfight because they got in a fist fight outside of the club, and then you see bumbling buffoon Biden get up and make these asinine comments. So we we need to ban ghost guns, and we need universal background checks, and all assault weapons need to be banned, and all capacity magazines need to be banned. Well, I hate to bust his senile bubble. Ghost guns, allegedly receivers without serial numbers on them, are already banned in California. Oh, that's right. Background checks and universal gun registration, that's already a law in California, too. Oh, and assault weapon bans, that's been in place in California for a very long time. And, oh, that's right, standard capacity magazines, anything over 10 rounds is already banned in California. Oh, and ammunition already has to have a background check in order to purchase it. Oh, that's right. California is a failed state, and it's got the largest, most strictest Second Amendment gun rights or gun laws in the entire country. Oh, that's right. They've done absolutely nothing to stop incidences like that. Well, you know, you got to admit, it's kind of difficult to stop criminals from getting machine guns when the ATF intentionally runs 2,500 machine guns and 50 caliber weapons to the Mexican drug cartels that have turned, went right back in to Southern California across the southern border. That's right. Holly, Fast and the Furious. Oh, that pesky incident that ATF got busted for, and not one single federal agent ever got indicted, ever got charged, ever went to jail, ever got fired. Oh, that's right. Yeah, man. Golly, is it, aren't facts so inconvenient? Gosh, it's so pesky. Pesky facts when they pop up like that. Yeah, Biden, why don't you make a comment about the ATF instead of running your bumbling buffoon mouth? Well, of course, it's because they just gave him a teleprompter to read. The other day, he was doing some speech with the truckers and blatantly starts talking about lying, just blatantly lying, talking about how he was a truck driver, he used to be on the CB radio, complete lies. Even like left-wing politifacts and stuff have been like, dude, there's no evidence at all that Biden ever was a truck driver, had a CDL. And then it's so funny. I'm watching it, and I mean it's embarrassing as to get as far as an American. He gets on the podium, and then he turns to the lady at his right, and he goes, all right, well, what, what do we do next? And he just kind of stands there. I mean, like, doesn't know where he's at. I mean, just like lost, like like a, a lost person that escaped from a nursing home. He's just kind of standing around, goes back and forth, turns and looks at her, turns and looks at him. Uh-huh, okay. Oh, they go, okay, walk this way. And he turns and starts walking across. This is so embarrassing as a patriotic American to know for a fact that we have such a corrupt government in place that intentionally installed a puppet that doesn't even know where he's at or which direction to walk off the stage or what he's even supposed to do next because he's so senile. I mean, as much as I did not like a lot of the stuff that Trump did, even though I did support a lot of stuff he did do, especially when it came to natural oil and everything else, my gosh, at least it wasn't embarrassing to see somebody so zoned out of their mind and so senile couldn't even figure out where to walk off the stage. I mean, that this is just embarrassing, guys. I mean, it's just embarrassing. But again, this is what, in my opinion, what the overall goal was to do. They wanted to make sure they completely and totally ruined the credibility of the United States so we literally look like a laughingstock of the entire world. And we do because everybody knows this whole thing's a sham with Biden. Most popular president in history. Everybody's like, I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him. Who voted for this guy? Because it wasn't 81 million people voted for him. But again, we know exactly how it worked, and that's how they used COVID as a cover to do the mail-in ballots. And as you see these things start to occur – 
always remember what they still are intentionally trying to cover up. April 1st, 2022, on Friday, last week, Pfizer dropped another trove of documents from the FDA of 11,043 pages of their unredacted version of their post-marketing experience report. Oh, yeah, more info is coming out about Pfizer. You'll like this one now. This is a basically a uh, sub subset of it right here on page 6 of the FDA CBR 2021-568359 as part of the Pfizer document release. It clearly shows that Pfizer had so many adverse events during clinical trials, they had to hire 2,400 new employees to process it all. It says, and I quote here, Due to the large number of spontaneous adverse event reports received for the product, the MAH has prioritized the processing of serious cases in order to expedite regulatory reporting timelines. Pfizer has also taken multiple actions to help alleviate the large increase of adverse event reports. This includes significant technology enhancements and process and workflow solutions as well as increasing the number of data entry and case processing colleagues. To date, Pfizer has onboarded approximately 600 more additional full-time employees, otherwise known as FTEs, full-time employees. More are joining each month with an expected total of more than 1,800 additional resources by the end of June 2021. Guys, they knew the adverse events were so horrific. They had to hire more people to handle the workflow of them because they were getting so many reports in and the, during the clinical trials and when it got released. Pfizer knew this stuff was killing people. They knew it was causing myocarditis. They knew it was causing autoimmune problems. They knew what it was doing all across the board. And yet they completely and totally lied to everybody and told them it was totally safe and effective. The document ends with the last nine pages of more reported adverse events, majority of them being autoimmune-related diseases. You can't make this up, guys. This is straight from the FDA, from Pfizer documentation, that Pfizer submitted to the FDA. And FDA turned around and gave an emergency use authorization. The highest amount of adverse events ever reported in a clinical trial that actually got approved for human usage to roll out in emergency use, ever, 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 by a landslide, the Pfizer injection, that they told you you couldn't go out and do stuff, you couldn't go out to a restaurant, you couldn't go do work, you couldn't keep your job unless you took this shot. The most highly adverse event reporting shot ever recorded in clinical trials that got approval. They told you you had to take it or you couldn't work. This is why they were doing so much damage control and pushing the narrative to force everybody to get this shot through OSHA last year before these documents got released. This is why they went so far out on a limb trying to demand that everybody get the shot or you basically couldn't get a job and you couldn't work and you couldn't be in any type of field at all and you basically had to get the shot. Because they knew once these documents got released, even if the mainstream media never reported on them, there was no way in heck they were ever going to be able to get approval through OSHA to mandate a shot that was this dangerous, this toxic, and this deadly. All you do have to do is look at the adverse event reporting system through VAERS that is now well over 1.2 million cases as of April 1st. What's crazy about this, they're now showing that the amount of myocarditis – 
in heart disease in children following the shot is 17,500% increase over normal times as far as with children. 17,000% increase in heart problems in young children that have gotten the shot now compared to children that basically had never got the shot or pre-COVID. Are we supposed to just idly sit by and pretend this isn't happening? I mean, I know I've ranted about it for two years, and I've tried my best to talk to people and wake them up. But, I mean, are we really supposed to just forget about this now? Remember what I told you guys a couple months ago? I said, I'm not going to sit down, and I'm not going to pretend they didn't do what they did to us for the last two years with COVID, and they didn't lie to us tooth and nail. They didn't completely manipulate the situation. They sure as heck didn't try to force everybody to get a shot, essentially by taking away your livelihood and your money because, oh, it's the safe and effective thing to get. If it's so effective, why are they demanding everybody get a fourth booster shot now because the next variant is here? Obviously, it's not working. Obviously, it's got horrific side effects. And obviously, COVID, as much as it's mutated, allegedly, people are going to have to learn to do something so crazy. It's rely on your natural immune system and take care of your body and actually take supplements and eat clean and get sleep and rest and exercise Oh my goodness, people actually have to be responsible for their own health? This is a, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a concept that well, we're not supposed to talk about, right? Well, yeah, of course. You remember the first year on national television? Not one single mainstream outlet ever even referred to vitamin C or to zinc. Actually, they did quite the opposite, if you remember. They went in and they actually banned what people could and couldn't talk about. They had YouTube go in and remove any type of information because they didn't want people talking about it. Oh, that's right. And they also went on and told doctors that they were going to strip them their medical license if they referred to any other type of treatment other than what they approved for them to talk about, which was remdesivir, which I've told you guys now we're starting to link this back to being the main culprit of actual deaths in the hospitals is remdesivir. Told him you couldn't use ivermectin. Couldn't talk about vitamin C intravenous. Couldn't talk about vitamin C and quercetin and oral zinc dosages. Couldn't talk about any of that. You talked about it. You got banned. You got shut down. Even though now we're finding it was and has been the most effective thing for an upper respiratory virus. Imagine that. Like it has been for years and years and years ever pre-COVID. So I encourage you, my friends, keep getting the truth out there the best you possibly can. It is crucial right now because we're getting so much real ammunition. Like with these Pfizer documents, it is crucial that people get this and try to wake people up the best they can because they're, they're pushing for a forced shot again. The fact that they're actually even trying to push it in the midst of these documents getting released shows you for a fact they do not care and they never cared about public health. It was all about control money and pushing their narrative in order to make more people die as dark and as weird as that is to actually have to say about our own government that is a fact now we're starting to see because there's no other justifiable reason that they would be pushing people to get a forced shot when you can look at the pfizer document showing that this stuff is unbelievably dangerous and the adverse events are through the roof more than any other shot that's been approved but yet they're still telling everybody they got to get the booster shot while People that get the shot keep getting sicker and keep getting COVID and keep going to the hospital, all kinds of health problems. This was the goal from the very beginning. The shot was the goal. That's why they had it rolled out so fast. What do you think, Dad? It's eugenics, Austin. Our government is not by the we the people anymore. It's by the Luciferian Kabbalist international banking sect that I just talked about. And what we've done, we've allowed this group of people now to basically come in and completely take over our entire country. 
I mean, it's sickening. It, I mean, it really, really is. And what they've done because of what they're taught via the Kabbalah, everything's inverted. Everything's upside down. I mean, doctors are destroying health. Look what just happened. Lawyers are destroying justice. The military is destroying the weather. You know, we, we basically have universities destroying knowledge. You know, we have, you know, the FDA destroying health. We've got this, the government's taking away our freedom. You know, we have the media destroying information and truth. And we have the religious institutions destroying our relationship with Jesus and spirituality and developing a, one, a relationship with God Almighty. Because they've all been usurped by this ancient Babylonian, Kabbalist, Luciferian, Canaanite, sex, death cult. That's the group. <laughs> right? And once we get a picture of that, it starts making more sense. But until we get – remember that? That Zohar was written in 72 A.D. when that guy locked himself – this, this is the foundational work of the Kabbalah, which is the foundational work of these groups that are running the government – it basically took the ancient Canaanite religions and the ancient Egyptian religions and combined them into a how-to primer on witchcraft and satanic worship. It's the group that runs the planet through this. It was given to these guys by the fallen angels who wrote this book so they could basically feed human beings to these entities and other dimensions through human sacrifice. And you go, gosh, Ted, that's dark. Austin just said it, didn't he? You know, Our government is so dark now that they gave us a shot and forced it on us through Donald Trump, okay, that they knew from the Pfizer documents had over a thousand side effects, including all types of neurological side effects. Now we're getting even more side effects. I've never even heard of something with this many side effects. It's like drinking strychnine and high enough concentrations to kill you and having all kinds of organ failure before you die from it and saying, okay, we're going to prove this now as emergency use authorization. Because not everybody dies. <laughs> they give you remdesivir, which causes kidney failure within five days, developed by Fort Detrick, and then cascading organ failure within ten. My good friend Jimmy died of this last summer. I was heartbroken over it. I mean, he's dead. He's gone. I spoke at his funeral. But he wouldn't listen. I pleaded with him not to take remdesivir before they put him in the hospital. I pleaded with him to take his supplements. He refused. I told him I'd take the supplements to him the day he told me he was feeling bad, and he wouldn't do it. It was a 50-mile drive. I was going to take them to him. Refused to. A week later, he was so sick, I said, I'll bring them to you again. He refused. Within two days, he's hospitalized on remdesivir. I don't know how to say you've got to listen and take care of yourself, and you've got to do some research. I've got a good friend of mine, Kim. She's the manager of a really nice lodge up in North Carolina. has some of the best pizza ever. And her best friend was also a manager there. They were roommates, good Christian ladies. And they both came down with COVID. My friend Kim was taking our supplements because we'd been there and she'd listened to us. Her friend was not. And she didn't see her friend for a couple of days and went up to or down to her room in the basement. And she was dead laying in the bed. She just died. And remember what Lee Merritt said on the show a few months ago? She said that one of the doctors out of Colorado said that if you took like a teaspoon of salt and a quart of water and you drank it and drank it and drank it to prevent dehydration and your body basically from shutting down. If your body dehydrates and you don't have enough electrolytes in it, newsflash, your heart can't beat. Newsflash, heart doesn't beat, nothing gets pumped. Newsflash, not enough water, not enough solution in your body to, for the blood to flow. The blood congeals and you die, but nobody talked about it. And, and you know, and we, all we can do is say, look, take your zinc, 
your D3. <laughs> if you can get ivermectin, I suggest you take that too as an antiparasitical. It also works, as they say, with toxoplasmosis, which is the cat brain parasite, which is really something important to get rid of if you've got parasites in your brain. And also you got to take potassium iodide and, you know, <laughs> quercetin. We've given you the whole protocol to build your immune system so many times. And every single person that I know personally that was taking the supplements the way that we told them to do and using our supplements, they all recovered. Now, the point is this. You know, I'm not clairvoyant. I, I didn't know this was going to happen to this level. But I warned you that if they had a chance to release a eugenics bioweapon, that they were going to do it because their stated goal repeatedly over and over and over again is to reduce the population of this planet. And that's what they want to do. Remember, it's, 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 here's the Bible verse in Psalms 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember and we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that's Jesus. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, my friends. And that's why I've continued to encourage people, you know, keep up the fight, keep the faith, and continue to stay positive. As these things continue to unfold and we see them happen more and more and more, one of the only things that we can directly control on a regular basis is our attitude. That's a fact. Now, I remember reading that from Jim Rohn and listening to that, and he's absolutely true. We can control our attitude. We can control our personal actions. We can control as far as what happens, for the most part, on how we, uh, how we, how we respond. So continue to stay strong, my friends. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. The product of the week, the last day, the vitamin C powder with antioxidants on sales product of the week. And be sure to vote. What you want to see when tomorrow looks like I think the magnesium brain food's actually winning by a landslide per usual. Probably the most popular products we have on the website. So be sure to vote if you want that to win. Healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.